this is what I'm why I'm mad of you know social media. Oh no, here we go, unleash. You know, in calisthenics street workout, they just do what they like and not mm-hmm. necessarily what they need, you know. I'm 40 years old. Am I too old? No. And I think that's why street workout is amazing because it's like a repacked gymnastics with more style. Welcome to the Fitness FAQs podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Vadnell, Australian physiotherapist and calisthenics expert. Between the high school gymnastics and the progressive training, what I did, I had a period when, when I started to train people like personal trainer and, you know, I go to the gym and I, I started the traditional way and I, and I lifted weights and obviously I, I wanted to, I wanted to be bigger and all this stuff. And, uh, I trained in the gym and, you know, I, I got bored with that. Uh, and I think part of the reason because of my, you know, <laughs> my boredness. Or is it actually a word? <laughs> I got Bordus. bored. It is now. Yeah. I got bored because, um, you know, it was, it's, it, it was not exciting at all for me. I know many people do it and enjoy it, but my dream was always to learn these skills because mm. the first time I saw gymnastics, I was like, you know, impressed how, how these uh, athletes do all these things. And, uh, when I started doing gymnastics again, and I started to learn all these skills after the, the bodybuilding training, I felt sore all the time, you know, and that's, that, that was my realization that I actually need these exercises. And at the same time, I started to study and uh, my university studies opened my mind really well because it was like anatomy and uh, biomechanics and all this stuff. And we learned, you know, basically how the body works. What I experienced, and my friends can uh, tell me the same, that if you go to the gym and after that you go calisthenic stuff, you'll get sore. But if you do this and after after that you go to the gym and start doing weights, then you're strong, you know, because you built up all the tissues, you built up all the strength because with all the basic push-pull exercises, you have a decent strength and also strong joints, and you can uh, transition more to body weight, uh, from body weight to weights than, you know. Let's actually just touch on that, Adam. So in the world of exercise and fitness, the idea of a perfect exercise, does this exist? Yeah, so as I said, we have, we have standards and, and we always try to uh, say things that I think these are the, the key points and uh, the standards that you should listen to and, and uh, implement it. But, you know, maybe you, you have something different and it works for you better. And that's the exception that comes to the picture that if you have something that... Uh, is not with the right alignment or not with the right tempo or whatever, but it works for you, then it's going to work. So, yeah, that's uh, the biggest thing because it depends on the context of the situation yeah, because exactly. what's, what's perfect for someone at some time might be not the best for someone else another time. Yeah, exactly. Do you think there are dangerous exercises? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's, it also depends on the context, but for most people, there are many dangerous exercises because you need to prepare your body to do, you know, muscle up, for example, or any other exercise or, or even like a planche or a front lever or a human flag, because, you know, I, I've heard so many stories. Like I, I've had students like uh, this guy came to me that he had a torn oblique because of human flag attempt, you know, which is like crazy. I've, I've never heard about this, but you, you can see so many cases because of the lack of preparation that this shows that these exercises are, are dangerous. And I think everything can be dangerous and uh, the preparation is the key. And I think that's, that's the message that I, I'd like to emphasize the most in my videos because 
this is what I experienced and this is what I see. And I see that if people do it, then they will be much more successful. You know, the foundations. How do people know when they've built enough of a foundation to start these cool strength skills like human flag, like planche, like front lever, because that tends to be confusing. Yeah, so it all comes down to a system. This is the other thing I always emphasize, that you need to follow a system and uh, you need to be patient with the system. And that's why my, my experience is that I, I tried different periods to prepare you know, people's body and the gold standard was like the six week. So that's why I have a six week program for joint preparation, which is packed with all these uh, mobilization and stabilization exercises. And after that, that's my trick. So it's, a, <laughs> I reveal a secret <laughs> that yeah. the prehab routine is basically all the essentials of the prehab program, which you continue as a prehab routine before every upper body workout, you know? And I, I, I always, and I think as a trainer, if you teach calisthenics, this is the most important one to, to let people know that this process is unfortunately not that simple as, as they see on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that they start with the progressions and they do it right away, but they have to prepare the body. And, and I think that's why it's important to, to know the anatomy and know which uh, joint, how works. It's fantastic that you highlight how important it is with the joint and tendon health, not only for beginners to prevent maybe any type of adverse effects when they're first starting, but it's also a key part of everyone's program. I think that's a, yeah. that's a major, major takeaway. It's not like you tick a box and then your body's just... Good yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's <laughs> because, like, yeah. yeah, for yourself, Most Adam, people think, yeah. okay, it's done, then I don't have to do it. And, and uh, sometimes I, I have members who ask like, okay, so once I'm done with this, I don't have to do these exercises anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, think. it's not the case. And, and that's <laughs> um, whether yeah. you're beginner, yeah. intermediate, advanced, expert, we all need to keep doing this. But you can see there's a few reasons people don't do it because a lot of people coming into gymnastics or calisthenics have some type of like resistance training background. So they think, oh, because I've done bench press, overhead press, I've done squats, I've done all these movements, surely I'm robust enough. But the thing is yeah. with what we're doing, you're loading in different ways and like extreme joint angles, you're training your muscles at a really stretched position. So all of these things require, as you said, that type of preparation. And number yeah, exactly. two, is it's boring like if it was yeah. <laughs> if it was fun everyone would be doing it but it's just it should really highlight to everyone that's listening this that this is what keeps you in the game the strongest people the people that have the most fulfilling practice are the ones that stay healthy and this is part of the process and i think that everyone listening would agree that the transferability of gymnasts to like weight stuff it's going to be easier but the interesting thing is a lot of gymnasts don't only do bodyweight exercise you see many using resistance bands weights how do they use them specifically for gymnastics compared to say a bodybuilder so the most significant uh, difference is that they use it as a supplementary uh, tool so basically um that's that's one thing and the other thing is that they do it really specifically so the traditional weight exercises are bent arm exercises and gymnasts use it as straight arm exercises and bodybuilders don't know what are straight arm exercises because they never <laughs> do it because they that's don't so need sure. and that's why it's uh it's really specific but uh that's one thing and the other is since it's a supplementary work usually it's more the weights are more like a regression than a progression so if you do like if you want to learn an, uh, an inverted cross you know upside down holding the cross uh it's much easier to grab two weights and do the inverted press 
than to do anything else. So that's why it's it's really a regression. It's it's uh, basically the load is nowhere close to the real exercise that you want to achieve, but still you you need that. And and uh, I think you know anybody can try it with like a five pound uh, <laughs> small dumbbell. That even if you do it with with yeah. those small weights, you will feel your your shoulders, your elbows in a different way than ever before, because it's so like a specific movement. And it's the same with the planche. Um, same with the Victorian, which I know that not too many people, you know, do it, but, uh, but still like they, they mostly do straight arm strength and for preparation. And it's the same with the elastic band. And I, I use both and I always recommend to use both. I'm not, uh, like only body weight and you can't do anything else because these tools are good and uh it's really useful to to build up the strength this way because it's much better to to build up the straight arm strength with an elastic band and then with a dumbbell than right away doing like a tuck planche or whatever yeah it's just a yeah, tool and, and, in their toolbox isn't it it's like um yeah just being a bit more like objective and granular with their intensity because I know a lot of gymnasts for the movements you described would be using like a coach as assistance yeah, or yeah. like they'd be using like a dream machine for iron cross, but not everyone has access to that and it can be very, very taxing. That's the main exercise used. But as you said, gymnasts use weights as more accessories to isolate, build up the tendon joint strength, and also just probably good for like muscle pump vascularity and stuff for yeah. moderate. And also training. like, well, that's that's uh, a thing again, which which will maybe outrage people because they want to hear gymnastics do gymna gymnastics only. But uh, if a gymnast needs muscle mass, you know, anywhere, they will use weights the same way as a regular guy. You know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I know with what you do with gymnastic method, you're not dogmatic. Fitness FAQs, not dogmatic. That's why people listen and follow our stuff because we just teach everyone listening the best tools and it makes sense right because how taxing would it be to get in more um, conditioning for those movement patterns if the goal was to build muscle it doesn't make sense because it's very neurologically fatiguing to say you're doing iron cross to build up say your pecs for example that's just yeah. it'd be overkill <laughs> to do like six seven eight sets when you could do like your working sets two three sets and then finish with chest flies, build the muscle, yeah. get the best of both worlds. But the technical part of learning an, uh, a swing element or, or something like that, that's, that's basically the, the part why gymnasts spend so much time in the gym, you know? So, that's so this, this yeah. is a point when I, uh, I wanted to bring up that, you know, I, I, I read the comments sometimes that, okay, these guys are in the gym like six hours a day. And it's true. But uh, the strength part is the same amount of time as your training or my, my training because they, they are not focused that much on strength and hypertrophy. One thing that uh, I think we can benefit from gymnastics that you take the strength part and do, do the, the strength skills. And, and I think... You know, we can distinguish between the professional gymnastics and the gymnastics that we practice is that we don't do any crazy stuff on the P bars or high bars or whatever. Yeah. We just do, you know, the strength part and to learn some skills like the planche, human flag, whatever, but it's still strength. And uh, this is something that requires way less time than to do like the double backflip of the rings, you know, like sure. <laughs> and all this stuff. I speak for myself, but I'm always fascinated with gymnasts, how they essentially commit their entire youth or early adulthood to this sport, which, as you just said, requires tremendous time and dedication, but there's no financial reward compared to another sport. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true in Hungary. <laughs> Universally in the world, it's not like even like you compare basketball, soccer, you keep going yeah, by yeah, comparison. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, I think it's way more spectacular, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. but I, I don't know, but I think in, in the US, 
it's kind of, you know, like it's above the average. So I think they have more competitions and, uh, and sponsors. I believe the general public, it's a big buy-in to understand the sport because the scoring system for men, for women, for each different apparatus, it's really complicated to know what's yeah. what. Yeah, and it's always uh, um, evolving and changing different rules. So like if, if you watch the, the Sydney Olympics and you watch the rings uh, event, it's like compared to today, it's like they go up, they go, come down, that's it. I think what's also unfortunate with gymnastics is the commitment is so high, the burnout rate must be tremendous, like the physical and psychological burden at the expense of all else. You don't like blame people for stopping if it's that difficult, it comes at the expense of everything else in their life. It's just, I just wish that more people weren't like one or the other. It's like, we're going to be an elite gymnast or we don't touch gymna- gymnastics at all. That's where I think with what you're doing with teaching, I guess, adults, gymnastic strength yeah. and conditioning, they get to see that I can spend one, one and a half hours, three to five times a week and get awesome results. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, this is what I realized, uh, that this is my path. So this is, this is great. But at the same time, I always say that you can, uh, like consistency is the key and the, uh, the perseverance, which many people don't have, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can outwork your, uh, you know, your, your lack of the history of history of the sport. So if you didn't do anything, but you are, you know, following the system, and you do the things logically and you're consistent. I mean, I think we are the perfect example of these that you've never been a professional gymnast. I've never been a professional gymnast, but we just trained like, and I think the consistency was, was the key because I'm sure you did mistakes. I made mistakes and we learned and we still do it and we are still young. And that's what I say that when, uh, when people ask me like, I'm 40 years old. Am I too old? No. Like imagine yourself two years later with three sessions a week and you'll be much better than now. And that's the point. So you don't have to compare yourself to anybody else, but you'll be able to do so much stuff and you'll be, you know, satisfied for sure. Because if you do it consistently, you, you'll get the results. And, uh, and this is what our mission is to show the path where you can go through with the, the safest way. And, that, and, I, and I always say that this is the, the only shortcut. That is for sure. I like how you said that that is the shortcut, understanding what needs to be done because the time, it takes the time. If you've got yeah. the best program in the world, it's, it's not going to happen overnight either way. And I think a lot of people need to manage their motivation, so to speak. It's like, be willing to stop doing as much of the other activities or hobbies that maybe interfere with your recovery. And what I see as well, I don't know if you say this, Adam, people tend to start seeing results and they want to get more results. They start doing more work, but I think a lot of people need to just hold themselves back and think of the bigger picture of long-term gains. I mean, and and that's, that's the other thing that sometimes people come and, and they say that, okay, I tried the prehab and it's easy. So can I go on? <laughs> and I say that, and I think that's, that's, that was the, the, the most useful advice that I, I, I could tell that consider this as a, as a deload period. So if you consider it as a deload period, then they know that it's going to be better after because deload is, often, uh, is always uh, good for you know, having some rest and more recovery. And after that, you can actually crush it. Yeah. So I also think people need to consider when things get easy as a form of progressive overload. I think people always have this belief that it needs to be soul crushing, challenging, (laughs) hard, every session, just dying. But that's not the case. It's like, if the quality of the movement is better, if it feels easier, then it means that you're, you're mastering that pattern. And then you're going to be able as you said, to set a new level with time. Yeah. This is what people want to know, Adam. How 
a gymnast so muscular given that the majority of their training is with bodyweight movements? Because those bodyweight movements are so intense that you actually need the muscle mass to, to be able to perform it. And uh, I think it's mostly true for obviously ring specialists <laughs> because they do all the, the most intense stuff. And also it's not true for all gymnasts because some floor exercise specialists have like no muscles. They have just the tendons. We always say in Hungarian, like <laughs> he's a tendon yeah. guy because yeah, he's like, he's just, strong and explosive. They're just springs. Yeah. They're just bouncing. Yeah. Everywhere. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is a different kind of, you know, strength. It's, it's, uh, it's really explosive, but I always rank this like uh, ring specialists are the most, you know, muscular because they use their bodies like uh, the most intensive way. And the second is the all around gymnasts or the gymnasts who do all apparatuses, you know, because they do rings <laughs> and they also do all the other stuff. So all these things add up. And, uh, you know, back in the day, it was more popular to, to, uh, teach gymnasts to, to be able to perform in all apparat on all apparatuses. So all the six apparatuses and, uh, now it's different because they have more uh, specialists. So ring specialists, vault specialists, pommel horse. And, um, and that's why I say all around gymnasts, definitely the second and all the others, depending on what event we are talking about, because definitely you need some muscle for the pommel horse. It's going to be more shoulders and triceps. Um, uh, and on, on the also like, you know, the P bars and, and the high bars are more like, you know, uh, momentum stuff, but yeah, still like, uh, and, and uh, um, the right? they've got to yeah, stop. Yeah. So it takes a lot of work. Not, not really the, the routine that will make you muscular, but to train for the routine. So basically for a, a P bar specialist, a press to handstand is like nothing. They have to do it like, and, and, you know, in, uh, on the routine, they do like one, but in the training, they do 10. Yeah. So they do 10, up, down, up, down, up, down. And that yeah. builds your whole physique. What specifically about rings is that makes it more effective compared to say, just using a bar? I think uh, it's, it's uh, because of the strength skills and, and the straight arm strength skills. And uh, something just came to my mind. I, uh, I did an interview with uh, an Olympic champion ring specialist gymnast, uh, Sylvester Cholline recently. And, uh, <laughs> and this is what he said. I would never do bent arm exercises with a ring specialist. <laughs> Interesting. Like, nothing. And I was like, what, you know, because, and, and I, and I asked him like, and, uh, did you do like, you know, muscle ups, like, you know, reps and sets muscle ups. No, <laughs> I don't, I never need it. You know, like yeah. I just did iron cross, Maltese, planche and all this stuff because, uh, to a certain level, gymnasts are really like, uh, in way of gymnastics, they are generalists. They do many things, but if some, someone is like on the top level and they are doing, uh, like high level gymnastics stuff, I think they do the, the bent arm work more as a, as a healthy uh, opposite. Great, great observation. Up. Yeah. It's not, it's the but, reverse of how we go about doing yeah. things normally. Yeah. But, uh, they mostly focus on the straight arm strength. And, um, I mean, I think it's like incredible if you see, you know, Jim is doing Maltese, iron yeah, cross, vertical yeah. cross, you see, you can see all the muscles because it's really intensive. And, uh, that's for sure something that you can't reproduce with anything else. So you, you can reproduce it with the weights, but it's much less intensive. Yeah. But if you actually carry your body weight in that position, you know, you yeah. can't do any, anyhow. You it know? can't be stressed enough what you just said. I think people really need to understand that even though gymnasts are doing all these diverse type of movements, they're still specializing. And that's, we see that absolutely everywhere in fitness. A closer example we can all relate to, say in the world of calisthenics, you've got say your, your statics type of people that are doing all straight arm movements, they tend to be built a certain way and 
are universally good at doing those straight arm skills compared to say yeah. Bentham weighted calisthenics. They're built very different and their skill set is very different by comparison. It's the same even in the world of gymnastics. And the other thing I want to add with what you said is a lot of it's an illusion. So as we know, like someone's physique and muscles appear bigger, the leaner that they are. So yeah. with gymnasts, they're rewarded for having high relative strengths. They've got to have as much muscle mass as necessary for their specific apparatus. So if it's a, a rings gymnast, they've got to have as most muscle as possible. That's, I guess, functionally useful, but they're also very lean to make it overall easier. So I think this unique way of training plus being lean gives, I guess, the illusion that they're maybe bigger yeah, than they are. Exactly. And, and also like many people say that uh, the ring specialist gymnasts only look big because they are short. And, you know, somehow it's true because, and, and that's, that's also the specificity part, uh, specificity part that many people don't get that obviously like a six feet tall guy won't be a champion on the rings. And, you know, so this is what people should understand that. So you're saying I don't have a chance of making it. Oh, you're going to shatter my dreams, man. I'm six foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but at the same time, like, uh i mean you look you look like a gym like a ring specialist gymnast even though you're not a ring specialist gymnast because you can achieve the physique and that's i think what is most important for many people but they don't believe it they, that they can achieve it but um this is why we we already talked about this but you don't have to spend six hours in the gym no, 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 no. you can spend three uh times a week like one hour one and a half hours and you can be in a really yeah. good shape. I think the main attributes people want from the world of gymnastics, they want the strengths, the strength, the looks, and also the flexibility. I'd say yeah. from my experience, this is the unique trio. You compare to most other types of fitness, this is what makes gymnastics unique. Yeah, exactly. And what type of time commitment would say the average person who wants to get better but can't dedicate their life to this, what would be... Uh, like a weekly requirement in terms of sessions and total time to get good results with strength and flexibility. So it's, it's, uh, it's all, it, I always say that it all depends on your personal preference and your schedule, but in general, I think uh, the whole perspective looks like, like this it goes like this. So you can start with many small sessions and make progress and then at a certain point, the daily 30 minutes of, you know, doing push-ups and all this stuff is not enough. So you have to concentrate your training into like three intensive sessions where you give your body enough stimulus to, to grow. And as you progress and, and uh, achieve again, a certain level, you learn more things and you have to reschedule your workouts. And this is, uh, I mean, and, and the 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 upper part is not necessary or i mean we can say like this whatever but one one end is not necessary so you don't have to start with 20 minute workout a day or you know a 30 minute workout a day i personally started with three sessions a week because that was the the schedule of the gymnastics you know uh classes in the high school and i learned the planche the human flag the everything i know <laughs> with three sessions a week Today's sponsor for the show is Fitness FAQs. Use the coupon code PODCAST10 to save 10% at checkout when shopping on fitnessfaqs.com. Enjoy the discount and let's get back to the conversation. There's just so many options with movements we can do. You go on social media, every, every day there's a new variation of the main movements we want to get better at. So understanding <laughs> the, the foundational principles and then being yeah. selective is very important. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you just mentioned these new variations all the time. What and and uh, this is what I'm why I'm mad of you know social media. Oh no, here we go, unleash. <laughs> because we we see all these trends and and fancy stuff that you know like it's the showtime, and many people mm -hmm. think that this is the way to train. But uh, and and yeah, and and sometimes. When I go to the park or in the gym, I see people to train from Instagram. 
So they, they see like a, a carousel post and they swipe and, you know, like because trainers do it and, uh, and they just, okay, I go to Instagram and I, I'm going to do this workout. So the most successful people like in gymnastics or in any sport, they do boring stuff to yeah, get there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and but the, the thing is that once you understand these like principles, you have to prepare your body, you have to have the basics. And after that, you can, you can progress faster with this mindset. It's going to be, you, you're going to enjoy more because yeah, you have yeah. different perspective and it's not like, I want to look better and I want to train, you know, I don't want to do the same exercise for a year, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not how it works. But this you comes back to, to what you said with the time and the persistence, the patience, because your body, it's not going to adapt overnight. And if you're constantly throwing a different stimulus, it gives the illusion that you're working hard because you might yeah. get sore because maybe it's a different type of exercise. It's eccentric, heavy, blah, blah, blah. But the real joy comes from doing the, the same type of movements and actually progressing. Yeah. But at the same time, I always say that it's much better than doing nothing, you know? So yeah. there are two sides because I think it's much better than to not do anything and just yeah. eating you know, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, couch. Yeah. <laughs> but this is good because this is a, a mental progression as well, you know? Ooh, yeah, that's a question I wanted to ask you. It seems like gymnasts have this just mental fortitude, which seems superior to other type of athletics. They just can tolerate pain. They can push through. What is it about gymnasts and how do they cultivate that, do you think? I think the, the good and also wrong part of gymnastics that you have to be a, a per perfectionist. So, you know, pointed feet all the time, stand in that, uh, that jump that you did or whatever. And uh, you always need to pay attention to, you know, everything. And uh, I think this gives like a mental strength already and, and uh, an awareness and to be, you know, in the moment, I'm sure you've seen the peaceful warrior <laughs> and it's, it's, I think it's perfect. Uh, it's, it's a perfect example that if you do things like that, you really need to be there. Mm. And uh, one thing that uh, uh, Sylvester, the, the guy who, who, who won the Sydney uh, Rings event, told me that uh, visualization was his best tool because he imagined everything. He, he told me that he imagined the whole day from, from the moment they, that uh, he woke up, he went for the bus and go to the whole and you know warming up every single detail like many times and uh, and this was this was a mental training and uh, he told me that when he left the room with the the sports uh, psychologist uh, he told his coach like i won the olympics <laughs> because it was so sharp yeah, and yeah. the next day he won the olympics so it was like uh, it's like you know I get the goosebumps still. Yeah, there's so much when, there's so much research behind that visualization. You you train how yeah. you want to perform. It's it can't just come as an accident. If someone's training and they don't believe in what they're doing, how are you going to magically with such pressure be able to just pull it off? Impossible. Yeah, and and I think it's uh it's more like an esoteric thing, but it's it's uh it's true and these are the uh the proofs that it's working. And, you know, they say that your thoughts become your reality. And this is why it's important because if you're focusing on, on the good things and, and the things you want to do and not don't want to do, you know, mm -hmm. I always imagine, and sometimes I, I dream about it, what I, what I want to do and how I do it, you know, and it's, it's, awesome. it's, a, it's a good feeling. And, uh, and I think you can incorporate this, you know, like even like in your business life or, or yeah. anything. I like how you clarified that. That makes perfect sense with how they have to be very mindful and intentional, particularly with gymnastic stuff. Because if we just compare like a, a really extreme example, say someone that's going to the gym and all they do is machines, not saying that that's wrong. It's just a lot more simple. You get on the machine, it moves by just exerting force. 
Whereas gymnastics completely different. If you're doing these highly strength demanding movements, which require skill, like a handstand push-up, and there's all this body coordination, you have no choice but to be in the moment. Whereas the person that's on the machine could be thinking about anything else. And what I also find interesting too is the almost yin and yang aspect of gymnastics. So they're doing this extreme strength stuff. It's it's very demanding physically, but then they'll go and do say flexibility training and just say they have to do really long holds. They've got to be able to switch off the other way. So they've got to still be mindful, but they've got to relax their body and not try and fight the sensation. Since gymnastics is that complex and and uh, teaches you so many things. These people were always like down to earth and and calm and and they were really, really empathic and all this stuff, you know, because if you go through these like pain and and struggle and all this stuff, then you'll be a humble person. And I think this is a really good uh, side benefit of, you know, doing training and, and actually gymnastics. That's great because you almost have to yield either way. Like we just said with the strength example, you have to overcome, I guess, the resistance in a really brute force type of way. Whereas with the the calming stuff, you have to yield into say your um, natural inclination to just hold on as well. Yeah. Nice. Let's um, switch up now. In the past, I um, heard you almost criticize and compare say straight workout versus gymnastics could you compare the difference in technique versus a gymnast and straight workout yeah so overall you know it, it it's also specificity so if you tell a gymnast to do a muscle up 360 then probably he'll be able to do it you know like uh after a few tries. And this is the main difference that they have the technical background and the, like the more professional background, because it's actually, uh, made with a coach, you know, they have, they have the, the, the proper background and, you know, street workout is mostly like young guys learning stuff on the street. And, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's so good because what I saw in, in Hungary, I worked in, in that gym, uh, gymnastics gym, and we had open gyms and all the street workout athletes just started to come, you know, and they, they even paid for uh, the gymnastics coaches to have some classes to, to learn different techniques, you know? And I think that this is why I always say that, uh, like, I think gymnastics is the top level bodyweight training and the, the, the top level bodyweight performance and, uh, and like calisthenics and street workout is basically the same, but in a different style, you know, and that's, this is why I say that, um, you can always ask a gymnast, a gymnastics coach or a gymnast, and probably he'll be able to, uh, provide you with, with a good information but it's not necessarily the same with if, if you go to the street and, you know, I mean, so basically it's like, we can say like bro science, but it's, it's sometimes it's on point, you know? So that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing that you don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel and you, you will experience really similar stuff. If you go to like a proper coach or whatever. It comes back to what you were saying about, they have more of a framework because there's a longer yeah, history yeah. of gymnastics. The collective knowledge is more, and you'd argue that the environment is more conducive. So they have more apparatus, um, comfortable training conditions, more equipment, etc. Yeah. But at the same time, it's really, um, really difficult, you know, because you can do, you can say way more street workout parks and calisthenics parks than gymnastics gyms, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. and, and usually it's like, um, and, and, uh, that's why it's, it's difficult because, uh, I remember even here, uh, relatively close, they, uh, they had a gym with open gym and now they don't have it. So you can't go, <laughs> so you can go only to the park, you know, and, and uh, there is no like recreational gymnastics gyms. It's, it's competition. Sometimes they have open gyms at night and uh, all the other stuff you can only learn 
in the park or at home. Yeah. So that's why it's it's it, so I think that's why it started the, the whole calisthenics and street workout community started like this because there is no gymnastics gym in every corner, you know? Yeah. What differences do you see in terms of just the demonstration of their technique? Because I'm sure you could tell myself and other people who've got experience, you can see the difference in how a gymnast presents the movements compared to say straight workout at large. What, what are the difference? I think the, uh, the difference is not, not that big, but, uh, because of the, uh, perfectionism that I, I mentioned gymnasts do it sm- more smoothly and, and, and nicer because they know that they have to do like everything. Like I always say that it's, uh, you have to be like a, a stick figure. Everything is straight, mm-hmm. tight, you know, and, uh, and, and that's the thing that sometimes gymnasts also do like during the practice, they do, stuff with open legs and all these things you know because they just you know yeah. it's just cool and don't don't care about it or whatever yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but uh during the competition and in the routine they have to pay attention to it and this is not really important for you know calisthenics and street workout because and i think that's why street workout is amazing because it's like a repacked gymnastics with more style basically because mm-hmm. in gymnastics there is a code and there is like a, a standard of how to do, you know, like if you do an iron cross, you have to do like an iron cross. You can't go higher, lower, whatever. It's, it's like there is a perfect iron cross and they give you the most point if you yeah. do it perfectly. Uh, and in street workouts, you can, you can be more you and uh, use your style, you know? Yeah. And I, believe that most of the background ancillary stuff gymnasts do like a lot of the stretching flexibility probably a lot more core stuff as well i think all that ties into having the ability to be like more compressed in a press handstand having more open shoulders it's more it's more systematic how how they build it up and uh and and uh because of the the lack of the knowledge you know in calisthenics street workout they just do what they like and not necessarily what they need you know that this shows that these exercises are are dangerous and i think everything can be dangerous and uh, the preparation is the key these constituent aspects are involved we've got to break down and isolate stretch this strengthen this yeah. aspect of the rotator cuff it's a lot more yeah. a lot more complex. yeah and this is basically why you see many uh many uh, street workout athletes get injured because they just uh, don't pay not enough attention to all these things, but they can still learn incredible things. Like the, the most uh, uh, like spectacular difference in, in this way, what I saw that some guys can do planche like this, you know, perfect. And they can't do, you know, like a basic stuff, like a press to handstand. Yeah. They can't do it because, uh, they just never practiced it, you know? Yeah. When most people start doing bodyweight exercises, everyone's very humbled by straight arm exercises. Why are they so hard? Basically because uh, you really need to prepare the straight body strength in terms of, you know, the core scapula and uh, the, the connective tissue and yeah, because it's, it's dangerous. The, the straight arm strength is something that if you don't have the uh, connective tissues strong enough and built up properly, then, you know, you can tear your biceps in oh, no of time. Course. You're talking like planches, even with your hands rotated, even thumbs facing forward or a little bit more progressively strains the bicep. And then you've got like even the basic back lever with some degree of supination. If you don't do the prep, as Adam said, with gymnastic method, then it's, it's yeah, asking and, and, for and, risk. Let's just make this really clear for the people that are listening. So you're doing your joint-based preparation movements for the first couple of months, and it's very serious, and that stays throughout the course of your, your training history. In addition to doing, as you said, basic foundational exercises like your L-sits, shoulder stands, elbow levers, what other basic exercises should serve the foundation before starting strength progressions? So I think all the uh, 
the push pulls. So I always start with the uh, horizontal uh, push pulls, so push ups, uh, inverted rows, uh, a basic core exercise, uh, which can be, and I, and I prefer to do both, like uh, extended body position and the compression as well. So do hollow body holds, um, uh, dragon flags. So, uh, and also the like tuck sit-ups, V sit-ups, uh, seated leg raises, leg raises. So, uh, but, but for the first part, it's push-ups, inverted rows, V sit-ups, and some basic uh, leg exercise like squats, Cossack squats, uh, uh, lunges, split squat. And after that, dips, pull-ups, leg raises, which will be the, the, the peak of uh, compression. And also in this, in this period, I always uh, tell my clients to, they can start using some weights to all these uh, basic uh, leg exercises, or they also can start to do pistol squats and, and uh, single leg variations. And I think in, in terms of uh, bent arm, this is my standard. And in terms of uh, statics, we can say really straight on because like the shoulder stand and elbow lever are not straight ons, but it's like a static hold, which uh, will give you a feel of like the planche. For example, the elbow lever, it perfectly teaches you the, uh, the scapula position and the whole, the body position. Uh, the shoulder stand will build you confidence for the handstand. It's not uh, the same, but it has uh, many transfer effects. And also the L-sit is a fundamental uh, scapula depression, straight arm exercise, which has a, a strong core uh, effect as well. And these are the three exercises. And, and I also, because people can learn these pretty fast. And after that, I always suggest do a handstand, start to work on the handstand because it's a longer journey. They have to prepare, you know, all the, the line and the, uh, um, the progressions and after they have a different standard, they can build the balance and the kick up and the bailout, all this stuff, which is really technical and they have to practice a lot. But after that, the next, which is advanced in terms of uh, also straight arm exercise, but it's also not that difficult to, uh, to do it later. So the back lever is the, the next one. All, after all these back lever, and after that, basically, they can they can start doing any uh, exercises like the planche, front lever, press to handstand, uh, human flag, because those require um, progressions as well, like uh, easier progressions. And uh, with the human flag, I also do some uh, extra preparation for the uh, the deep back muscles, obliques, and so it, it's more core. But uh, after they have the basics and the back lever, basically they can, they can start anything with, with gradation. It's great that you also mentioned to not be afraid of adding load to those basic movements because I think on the surface, people see bodyweight training and on the internet, it's just still tends to be like popularizes like your circuit workouts and high reps, this and minimal rest periods. But it's refreshing to hear that even your beginners, intermediates should be adding load to these movements to almost give a surplus of strength beyond obviously body weight only. So when they enter these demanding strength skills, human flag, planche, front lever, then they're, they're not going to have as much of a hard time. I think that was a great point. So I think uh, once uh, somebody has the basics after that, you can go to skills and, and um, you, you can have a, a skill block or a skill session in your workouts and also work on the strength. And the three components that I mentioned can be switched and can be like skipped. You can, you can start right away with the weighted stuff if you want. But if you want to have you know, the most gradual way, you can start with time under tension, then explosive push-ups and explosive strength, what you can do and one-arm stuff. So it's, it's like... A whole variety of opportunities in addition to the compound training as you mentioned being the foundation and then over time you're being selective with what you want to focus on what have you found are essential like weak link type of exercises for say the scapula or rotator cuff 
surely there's a few that you give regardless of where someone is in their journey. What have you found to be the best return on investment? I think uh, the, the two most important part, uh, I mean, like we can say uh, three, is core, scapula, and rotator cuff. I think these are the three really uh, essential things to prepare. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, the, the, uh, in terms of core, I think compression and extent, the extended body position both are really uh, useful and uh, need to be trained. And, uh, you know, the scapula is just the, the foundation of any upper body exercises. So you really need to learn the control. And uh, I always suggest to, and, and in my programs and the prehab stuff, we, we uh, strengthen all the directions. So basically every movement, we, we strengthen the scapulas. And also the uh, rotator cuff has a, an, an important role and it's always uh, uh, in the part of the prehab because, you know, that's something that uh, most, for most people it's weak and uh, they can be injured pretty quick if they don't do anything with, with rotator cuff. What would you say is something that is done regularly, mainstream, popular, that you feel is not the best use of time and effort for gymnastics and calisthenic strength? I think uh, what we just talked about, the, the variety of exercises that they want to do all the time, you know? So I think uh, that's, that's the, the waste of time when you do different stuff all the time and you, you don't stick to a plan for a reasonable time, you know? that's that's just the key and um and i think you know most most people need the the preparation and they they skip completely most people skip that completely because they never see those and it's not sexy yeah <laughs> and uh and uh this is why they always uh follow the instruct like not instructions but the trends rather on social media with the medicine ball and uh, all these like bosu balls and all this stuff that <laughs> i mean it's like still it's better than nothing and it it has a purpose in different contexts awesome adam we'll keep it there if people want to check out your stuff uh gymnastic method on youtube and where else yeah uh my main uh channel now is gymnastics method on uh, on youtube uh that's where I'm the most consistent and uh, also Instagram and TikTok, what I have on Facebook. So basically all the, the main platforms, but uh, the most up-to-date and the most consistent is YouTube. Awesome. Keep doing what you're doing and let's keep promoting, I guess, the quote-unquote truth of gymnastics and calisthenic <laughs> strength. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. So. Thanks everyone for listening. Visit fitnessfaqs.com to master calisthenics and become a bodyweight pro.